Shall we turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16 and verses 1 to 4. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. One of the most well-known and popularly quoted scripture verses from this chapter is in verse 18. But we very often miss out on uh, the context of why Jesus is saying what he is saying. And um, even though we are not going to go into the whole uh, passage of chapter 16, we are going to be briefly looking at the first four verses we just read. The Pharisees and Sadducees come and they question Jesus. They test him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. They did not come here to ask him uh, so that they can know, so that they can learn, so that they can discern the times and uh, be ready for the kingdom of God, willing to enter into the kingdom of God. But here it is obvious that they are asking him for a sign to test him. And he replies saying, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. This is very often um, the situation of the people of Israel as a nation, as a whole. And even more specifically because... The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, knew the word of God. They uh, were able to think through these things and they were very much uh, skeptical to believe if Jesus is the Messiah. Or in fact, they were unwilling to believe in him. Even though they saw the signs of the Messiah. In fact, in John's Gospel, chapter 1, we read when Jesus did the uh, miracle of turning water into wine. And after he had done it, uh, we find John records saying the, this was the first of the signs um, that uh, miraculous signs that Jesus did to show that he is the Messiah and many put their trust in him. And so Jesus was giving them enough signs even with the birth, the very fact that he was virgin born, the very fact that he was living a holy life, the very fact that he was speaking with much authority and they recognized many of these things and they said, how does he speak with such authority? We know his address. We know his father, his mother. We know who they are, but he's a carpenter's son. But with what kind of authority is he speaking? These were signs to them. And when he storm, uh, calmed the storm in the uh, sea, and as the uh, disciples were sailing, and uh, the storm was brewing, and then Jesus said, peace be still, and he quietened the storm, and the winds and the waves uh, settled down, he was... In fact, giving them a sign. And they saw that sign, that this was a sign where, they, where Jesus was exercising power over nature. There were several signs and these people who knew the prophets, prophecies, they knew the utterances of the old prophets pointing to the Messiah to come. And these were getting fulfilled right in front of their eyes, but yet they were not able to discern. Yet they were not able to understand. Yet they were not able to comprehend. Yet their eyes were blinded. 
and here you see even though they are seeing Jesus before them as a Messiah who's ushering in the kingdom of God and where they are just called to believe in him they are asking him for a miraculous sign and he is counter questioning them when they asked for a miraculous sign he did not fall into their question he did not reply and immediately bring down some fire from heaven like elijah did and show them here is the god of israel see i am the messiah he did not do that sometimes god does not give miraculous signs people want miraculous signs god does not give miraculous signs or oh, what kind of message is this to begin the year second sunday of the year to say god will not give you a miraculous sign sometimes we're looking for dramatic miraculous signs in the in the heavens we're looking for some kind of a magical thing we're looking for some kind of a mysterious thing we're looking for something which is very uh, explosive something very fascinating something just fantastic for everybody to you know stand in awe and wonder and very often we are disappointed because we are not getting those miraculous signs and sometimes we misquote gideon's story and say he asked for a sign and so let's ask for a sign he put the fleece out and said let the dew fall on this fleece and the next morning it should be there and if that is so then i know god is speaking and the next day he said oh that sign is not enough i need one more confirmation how many people looking for confirmation many people isn't it even though god has explicitly said something explicitly leading us wonderfully we are still you know struggling with unbelief and we're looking for one more sign one more confirmation and we're asking him show me one more and gideon said okay now the next day i'll put the fleece out and let there be dew everywhere else except for this place and it was so but that was not out of faith but that was out of unbelief it was out of fear you know that is not the way god wants us to live because god's word says that he wants us to walk by faith and not by sight hallelujah amen praise the lord and so these men were asking for a miraculous sign but god was refusing to give them a miraculous sign and he tells them you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky but you cannot interpret the signs of the times he's asking them a question you know how to interpret things you know how to gauge things you are sharp enough you are brilliant you know you you are discerning enough you know how to interpret everything else but you don't know how to interpret me you don't you don't know how to interpret my ways you don't know how to see what i am doing you don't know how to compare it with the old testament scriptures and see that i am the messiah oh yes they were unable to they were unable to and he calls them a wicked and adulterous generation was for looks for a sign but none will be given it except the sign of jonah what is that sign of jonah jonah was in the belly of the fish 3 days and 3 nights and that's the sign that they are going to receive the sign of jesus dying on the cross of calvary paying the penalty of the sins of all mankind and being buried and in the tomb for 3 days and wake and and raising up rising up you know after 3 days where his resurrection power will bring him back to life and that will be the greatest sign that they will ever see and that is the only big sign they ever need in order for them to enter into the kingdom of god amen and so jesus is saying nothing will be given from heaven no miraculous signs will be given but what you will receive is a sign of jonah the reason why they are grappling with this is because they were unable to discern the times and so is my title for this message this morning discern the times 
we are in a new season we are in a new year everybody is greeting each other happy new year have a blessed year have a prosperous year but a blessed year a prosperous year a happy year will not automatically come just because of some words and wishes or oh, we wish everyone well we wish everyone good health we wish everyone prosperity we wish everyone blessing we wish everyone joy and peace and happiness that's a good wish but the wish has no power i said the wish has no power it's a good wish it's a good desire but unless we discern the times and act upon it unless we know what we ought to do to make this year a blessed year unless we know how we need to align ourselves with the word of god and unless we know what will make this year, this this season this times a better better than the last one more glorious than the last one more wonderful than the last one more good more good for us more good for others than the last one unless we know to discern the times we will not be able to see good times how many of us want to see good times amen hallelujah we don't want to see bad times probably the last year you had some bad times but this year you can have some good times hallelujah but there are certain serious things we may have to do there are certain things that we may have to look at there are certain things that we may have to bring you know changes into our lives to be able to see good times in our lives and by the way for a believer on the lord jesus even what happens what seemed to be like a bad thing is not a bad season amen we may have some rough patches in life we may have some you know hurdles and challenges we may have some you know uh, bad roads that we may have to ride upon but we are not in bad times because our times are in his hands the bible says our times are in his hands hallelujah our years are in the right hand of the most high one and so for a child of god you don't have a bad time you know people in the world talk about bad time this is a good time that's a bad time and so if they have to move into a new house they will say oh this is not a bad, good time this is a bad time we're going to move into the house either before you know 7 a.m or after 7 p.m no both of them are bad times i think whatever it is it's very confusing so don't bother about it you know if they have to get married or if they have to uh, sit down sit down and talk about some important matter of life they have to buy a car they have to buy something they doing something new they are going to start a new work or new business they will not start it on a bad time they will look for the right time they will look for the good time and by the way you are if you know you know until tomorrow i think it's a bad time and the bad time ends with tomorrow i think the 15th of jan or something like that in the tamil calendar you know there is this month from somewhere around december 15 to jan 15 something like that which is a bad time and then comes a good time and then again sometime you know in july august you will have another bad time you know what is that month called yeah month of aadi is a bad time but it's a good time for a lot of the shopkeepers because that's the time they throw out all these discount sales and clear out all the old stock and it's a good time for the shopping people who the great shoppers who find you know great joy and excitement in these good times 
What is bad time for one man becomes a good time for somebody else. What is this time all about? There are no times. We just have to discern the times. That's the call for us this morning. God wants us to discern the times and do the right thing. And here, the first thing that you see here is that the, these men were blinded. They were simply blind. That was their problem. They were unable to interpret the times. It is not that they were physically blind, but they were spiritually blind. They were unable to discern that this is the time of God's visitation. Even the God himself was standing on foot right before them. Amen. Hallelujah. This is not God speaking from somewhere in the clouds unknown to them. But God is standing right before them in flesh and blood. John says that we could feel and touch and hear him. They were able to feel and touch and hear and see. But yet they were blind. They were blinded by unbelief. Selfish ambition. Sin. They were exploited by people. They were in circumstances which were very, very unique, very different, you know, from every other time. They were in these times where at one time, you know, they were experiencing the times of prophets. They were experiencing the times of the priests. They were experiencing the times of God's word and God's, you know, intervention for the nation of Israel. But these last 400 years have been times where there was no word of God. It was more like the time of Samuel. It was more like the time of the judges where there were, the word of God was rare, the Bible says. God's visitation was rare and there was no prophet for the last 400 years. And then comes John the Baptist. And you see, they were blinded by unbelief. They were blinded because of their sin. They were steeped in sin. They were steeped in pride, spiritual, religious pride. These men, you know, felt that they were superior to others. They had this pride that they were more religious, that they were more, you know, ritualistically more right. Then the others in the nation of Israel, they were, you know, paying tithes in every single thing they had. Even in the spices, they were paying tithes. But on the other hand, they were missing out on justice and righteousness and mercy. You see, they were blind because they were exploiting people in the name of God. They were abusing people. They were collecting, you know, excess money. They had the temple tax. And when people came, they exchanged the money into shekels there. The people could not bring the offerings and, and buy the sheep, you know, for the sacrifices. When they brought them, you know, they said, oh, some, you know, flowers there in the sacrifice they brought. And they said, no, no, you got to buy the sheep that we have. These are pure. And then they got money. And so when they brought, you know, the money of the marketplace, that could not be used here. They said, you have to exchange it to the temple money. And there were money exchangers, foreign exchange happening there. And so they were exchanging money and the exchange of money, they got big commission. And then they were selling these, you know, doves and these uh, goats and sheep and everything for the sacrifice. And they sold it for exorbitant prices and they were exploiting the people. That's why Jesus came and took a whip and beat up the whole you know crowd there and chased them out and chased out all of those who are money lenders and all of them selling there and he said you made my house a den of robbers this is a house of prayer for all nations but you made it a den of robbers because they were exploiting people and they were earning out of it it was filling up their pockets it was it was raising up their standards of living it was it was 
feeding into their own self and their selfish ambition. And so because of all of this, they were blinded and they were unwilling to believe in Jesus. They were some way trying to discount him, some way trying to trash him, some way trying to say, oh, he's not the Messiah. He was the Messiah. They were seeing the signs. They were seeing that he, this is the time of God's visitation. They knew the message that he was preaching. They were hearing it. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is in hand. And they were unwilling to repent. They were unwilling to believe. They were unwilling to accept him as the Messiah. And so they were discounting him. And so they were, you know, trying to test him and twist and turn. And somehow trying to put some false accusations on him. And they said, they thought by doing all of this, they can push him under the carpet. They can do away with him. And finally they plotted and planned and they crucified him on a cross and they thought they've finished it. They won over him. Because he was making them uncomfortable. Because he was calling them to repentance. Because he was perceived as a threat to their religious survival and were convicted when he spoke. And they could not bear it. It was too much on their face. The words that Jesus spoke was too much on their face. It made them so uncomfortable. They had to humble themselves and repent, which they were unwilling to do. And the system that they were locked up in, the religious system of the day that they were locked up in, did not permit them to do. If they had to do so, they needed a powerful, lightning kind, striking kind of experience that like the one that came upon Saul on the road to Damascus that would literally knock him down. Some people need, need to be knocked down. Some people need to, need to be blinded by, the, by a lightning kind of striking to come down and be knocked down so that they will realize and say, Oh, I've been in this blind space. I've been literally blind all my life. For them to come to a realization, to, to, for them to wake up from their spiritual slumber, for them to come out of their unbelief, for them to come out of their sinful habits, for them to come out of their you know, mask, the religious mask that they wear, for them to come out of this hypocrisy. It needs a lightning kind of striking down that will knock him down. And then they will come to realization and awareness of the true spirituality and not just fake religiosity. Amen. That's what happened to Saul on the road to Damascus. They were asking now for a miraculous sign. Saul had a miraculous sign. From heaven. Now, that was not a pleasant sign. That was not a very pleasant experience for him. He was literally knocked down. He was literally blind for a few days. But thank God because God is a merciful God. That he did it so that he will, his eyes, spiritual eyes will be opened. That he will see Jesus. That he will see that he is the Messiah. That he will accept him. That Jesus is the savior of the world. That he will repent for his sins. That he will turn away from persecuting the one, the people of the one true living God. They were asking for a miraculous sign. Which even if it was given to them, they would still not believe. They would still not accept it. Already Jesus had come. John the Baptist had come announcing the kingdom. Already many miracles, miracles Jesus has done and Jesus is constantly doing miracles wherever he goes. He's casting out demons, he's opening blind eyes, he's opening deaf ears, he's making the mute to speak, he's making the lame to walk, he's raising the dead, he's doing such miracles like nobody can. He's multiplying five loaves and two fish and feeding 5,000 people. He's doing amazing miracles 
and yet they are asking for a miraculous sign from heaven the point is that they were simply unwilling to accept they were unwilling to change they were unwilling to believe they were caught up in their blindness and they were happy about their blindness and they were trying to bash everybody else not realizing that they are the ones who are digging a pit for themselves while they have the one who can lift them up from the pit of sin standing before them what a sad state of affairs that you have god standing right in front of you but you can't see that he is god they were blind they were seeing yet not believing hearing but deaf their hearts were so hardened they were so much caught up in tradition of men beware of the traditions of men beware of the philosophies of the world beware of the philosophies that people build around them and and refuse to believe refuse to accept the truth when the holy spirit comes the bible says he will lead you into all truth hallelujah when the holy spirit comes he will lead you into all truth jesus says he will take my words and make them known to you he says he will reveal also things that are yet to come amen when the spirit of truth comes and that's why it's important that we are open to receive the holy spirit that we are open to receive the anointing of the holy spirit that we are open to receive the infilling of the spirit that we are open to walk with the spirit that we are open to you know receiving the anointing of the spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues that edifies us that's a gift of god how sad that these men were standing right in front of jesus himself and were not willing to believe in jesus how many people in the world today how many christians in the world today know about the holy spirit hear about the holy spirit know about the you know the 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 truth of baptism and would not believe in it would not experience it so many of them would know the gospel but yet would continue to live in sin yet would live a double life yet would live a hypocritical life and they are blinded and they would always criticize others they would always challenge others somebody asked me at one church they asked me are all those people who are baptized are they all good are they all living a holy life is the secretary of a church i'm going to that church this evening to preach are all those people who are baptized are they all right i asked him a counter question it was a public q and a event in the church and i asked him a question do all those people who go on mufti ride on the right side of the road or they even ride on the wrong side of the road those who are supposed to be the enforcers of the law how many of them in uniform drive on the wrong side of the road while well, they should be catching those people who are riding on the wrong side of the road and booking them how many of them in uniform go triples on a two wheeler just because some those who are supposed to be enforcing the law are themselves offending the law and do not obey the law does that make the law wrong are you with me just because some men in uniform ride on the wrong side of the road does it give you and me a license to ride on the wrong side of the road and what will happen if we do that when i challenged him uh, he said oh okay okay he kept quiet believe the truth 
some others who are flawed are not the examples for us to follow the scriptures are the standard for us to follow amen jesus is the standard for us to follow amen if jesus did it if jesus said it if the word of god says it if the truth of the gospel says it it has to be followed amen just because some people don't follow it that does not that does not make the word of god wrong just because some people are abusing gifts of the holy spirit and exploiting people that does not mean that the gifts of the spirit don't exist amen hallelujah amen sometimes we can be so blind we can be unbelieving we can be refusing to believe even though they knew the scriptures they were unwilling to believe and hence could not discern the times the lack of spiritual wisdom kept them from experiencing the goodness and the power of the messiah even though they were speaking to him face to face and when you have access to the presence and the power of the living god and the purposes of god don't miss out on experiencing it by becoming blind to it in your own unbelief which is caused by spiritual pride religious pride i know everything attitude because of sin because i the attitude that says i am better than others looking down on others don't miss out your god moments don't miss out your god given opportunities don't miss out on god's visitation to you don't miss out on god's working in your life by just being judgmental on others by just having this i am better than others attitude by just saying i know everything nobody has to teach me nobody has to teach me i know everything these things can bring in a block a hindrance for us to experience god in when god is visiting us when god is working in our lives when god is having his moments with us when god is moving in our lives when god wants to do something when god wants to speak to us something when god wants to act you know in our lives and bring about something through our lives when god is mightily at work would you give in would you yield yourself would you humble yourself and say yes lord whatever it takes i am willing wherever you lead me i am willing to go whatever you want me to do i am willing to do whoever you want me to marry i am willing to marry whatever you want me to study i am willing to study amen would you say lord whatever you want to do have your way in my life sometimes we can just be saying those things by words and not living them out when god is in right in front of us showing everything to us plainly but because of our fleshliness because of our religious big head because of the hardness of our heart because of a lack of humility and surrender we can be asking still for miraculous signs and not getting anything it might be just testing god and unable to discern god's visitation and will for us they were in the center of god's visitation and god's will for them but yet missed that god moment hallelujah how much wonderful it would have been if they had simply embraced everything that jesus said if they had simply received everything that he spoke if they just believed in everything that he said and if they had just followed him how much more they would have experienced him how much more he would have done great mighty things in their lives hallelujah praise the lord if there is anything that is blinding us and very often we ourselves may not be able to even see them 
But may we ask the Holy Spirit to open up our blind eyes. Hallelujah. If there is any area in my life which is preventing God's visitation, and if there is anything that, in, that is in me which hinders God from speaking to me, from, for me, for me to experience His wonderful power and His mighty working and His will and the demonstration of His power, if there is anything that is stopping, if there is anything within us, our religious mask, our religious pride, our sense of, you know, unbelief, if there is anything that is hindering, may we ask God that God will take it away this morning. Hallelujah. That God will help us to discern the times. The number one thing that we see here is that they were blind. They could not interpret the times. Not that they were unable to, but they could not. And they were unwilling to accept because they did not have an open mind. Don't we sing that beautiful song that says, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see. Come on, let's sing it together. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes. Come on, sing it again. Lift your voice and sing. Open the eyes of my heart. Yes, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. May God open our eyes. May God take away the veil that is before our eyes. May God remove everything that is, you know, coming between us and Him. May God remove it so that we will experience His fullness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Quickly, number two. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. And verses 10 to 17. Matthew 13, verses 10 to 17. The disciples came to Him and asked, why do, you people, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they, will, they might see and their hearts might hear. Hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. This is sandwiched right in the middle of the parable of the sower. And whether, you know, the soil is the world and the word of God is being sown, and some fell in some rocky places, some fell on the way, some fell among thorns and thistles and and uh, some fell on good soil. And what fell on good soil brought forth a fruit of 30, 60 and 100 fold. 
and Jesus is being asked by his disciples. You see, they are not asking this question to test him. Do you see a difference between the question that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked in chapter 16 and the question that the disciples are asking? To ask questions is good, but why the question is asked says more about the asker of the question. Right? And so based on that, Jesus is replying. But Jesus did not give, if I can use this word, a sarcastic answer here. <laughs> he did not give, give it back to them, but he answered them. He answered the question. In chapter 16, he gave it back to them. Are you with me this morning? Amen. He gave it back to them sharply. But here, he is responding to them and giving them an answer for their question because their question is genuine. Because they want to know why, Jesus, are you speaking in parables? This parable of the sower, he had just spoken and they are asking this question, why are you speaking like this every time? Why aren't you speaking plainly, directly? Straight away coming to the point, telling the truth directly. He says, the disciples, as they asked him, he replied in verse 11, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Because of the hardening of their hearts, because they were calloused in their hearts, God allowed them to have the whale. Because even if he had told them plainly, they were still not willing to believe. He, he was showing them the miraculous signs. He was, they were unwilling to believe. And so he continued to speak in parables. Because he knew that even if he told them plainly, even if he pleaded with them to believe in him, you know, one time he did that. He said, if you don't believe in me, at least believe the miracles. At least see the miracles and believe in me. He was literally pleading with them for the... And he says in Matthew's gospel chapter 24, the last verse, he says, how I long to gather you like, you know, a hen gathers her chicks. How I long to gather you. He continuously revealed his love. He was not hating them. He was not angry with them. But he was still unable to crack them up. <laughs> not that it was impossible. But he wanted them to understand, know and believe because they knew because they knew the word of God, because they were reading the prophets, because they were reading the Torah. And even today, they continue to do so. You go by the Western Wall in Jerusalem, the Western Wall of the temple, you will see men wearing, you know, long black coats and big black hats with a long beard and holding the Torah and knocking their heads on the wall and reading scriptures, they're reading so much, but they don't. And there are so many thousands of people coming and visiting those places. Every place that Jesus lived, every place Jesus did miracles. The garden tomb is there and the you know, cross of Calvary, the Golgotha is there. All these places are there, but they are living right there. And there is historical evidence, there is archaeological evidence. There is all kinds of biblical evidence. There is evidence in their own scriptures in the Old Testament Torah that they are reading. But yet, they hate believers, they hate Christians, yet they would not accept the gospel even today. And so Jesus says, whoever has, verse 12, will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. The revelation, the knowledge, the understanding of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to these ordinary men. 
but the highly learned scholarly men who knew the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the Sadducees, the religious heads of the day, the priests could not understand. They were reading it and they were seeing Jesus right before their eyes, but they were opposing him. But here you find Jesus saying here in verse 12, whoever has, in other words, whoever has received him, whoever has his eyes opened, whoever is willing to believe, whoever has taken in something, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom are going to be revealed to him even more. They will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, whoever is unwilling to believe, whoever is rejecting even what they have, even the little they know is going to be taken away from them. And he says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Verse 13, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied 800 years before Jesus came. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. But this people's heart has become calloused, lukewarm, hardened. And they hardly hear with their, heart, with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn. And I would heal them. He was willing to heal them. He was willing to deliver them. He was willing to come to them. And he has come to them. He was standing right in the middle of them. But then he goes on to make this point, which is the second point. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Hallelujah. Number two, uh, when you are discerning the times, you are a blessed person. Hallelujah. If you are discerning the time, if you are discerning in the spirit, if you are discerning the ways of God, if you are discerning what God is doing in your life, if you are discerning what God wants you to do in this season of time, if you are discerning in what way God is moving in your life, if you are discerning the ways of God and not blind, you are a blessed person. Hallelujah. Jesus looked at Thomas who doubted that the resurrection of Jesus and he said, you know, I will not believe even though the other disciples believed and even though the men from Emmaus who were walking on the road to Emmaus came and testified, even the women who went to the tomb and saw the empty tomb that Jesus has resurrected from the dead, even though they came and told, they were not Willing to believe. Thomas was not willing to believe. And he said, unless my, I put my hand into his wounds and unless I touch and I see for myself, I will not believe. That's why God sent Thomas to India. Some of you got it. He chose who is the right man for India. That man who had a struggle to believe. Who saw, who touched and then believed. Let's send him there. Because these people, hard nuts to crack. So he said, let me send that guy. I think that was very prophetic or symbolic. Some way. I think God has some sense of humor sometimes. You know, God has fun with his people sometimes. Send that kind of a guy. <laughs> and then he believed but Jesus said this, when he believed, when he touched and he saw and he believed, he said, blessed are those who have not seen but yet have believed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who have not seen but yet have believed. Yes, in believing in the Messiah. But today, you and I can be caught up in some kind of 
unbelief you and i can be caught up with some kind of a mask in front of us you and i can be in a situation where we are still blind to god's visitation and god's work and god's plan and god's purposes and god bringing his will right before our eyes but yet unbelieving and asking for a miraculous sign and then we don't get any sign at all and then we are saying oh i am praying hard i am praying and asking god is not giving anything to me god is not speaking anything to me i'm talking about some of these very very holy holy great pentecostals sometimes who are too much caught up in the spirit and have no you know open heart sometimes hovering somewhere in the spirit realm all the time expecting for some kind of miraculous sign some kind of dramatic experience some kind of earth shaking experience and would not be willing to believe would, would not take away the religious mask would not take away the unbelief would not you know get out of sin would not get out of you know the sense of i am better than others i know more than others stuck with all of these things but if you would let go of all of that and if you would be like the disciples who are willing to believe who are willing to follow jesus if you would be like the apostle paul who gave up everything and he said oh i am a man i am a benjamite you know a benjaminite i am i was the one who was circumcised on the eighth day i am a pharisee of pharisees i've come from this kind of a background oh this is all my baggage this is all who i am but now i have counted everything has nothing all my background all my learning all my you know inheritance all my knowledge all my you know religious things that i have done everything that i have done right everything that i have done right all these things i count as nothing and he said as long as i may just know him and the power of his resurrection hallelujah hallelujah whoever we might be whatever might have been our background whatever might be the things that we have inherited whatever be the great you know experiences we have had whatever be the great knowledge that we may have somebody might say i have breakfast lunch and dinner with jesus every day i'm going up to heaven and coming every time i pray i close my eyes i stand in heaven and i am in the heavenly council i am the one who actually giving counsel to jesus himself there are some people like that even right here in willivakam they give counsel to jesus but all that is going to hinder us from experiencing who jesus is and what he wants to do in your life and the visitation that he is you know going for you know for uh, he's he's reserved for you that visitation that he wants you to experience that work mighty work that he wants you to experience in your life that 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 way the new way that he wants you to walk by the ways that he has prepared he has in store for you the way he wants to lead you you can be hindered completely because of a big head and some kind of mystical great experiences that you are banking on and you're looking for some kind of a sign from heaven above you can be caught up here and there all over the place and thinking that you are going to experience something dramatic and nothing happens it's only a big bubble it's only a big bubble surrender yourself 
humble yourself and say lord whatever you have whatever your word teaches i'm willing to follow whatever the truth of the word of god says i'm willing to obey whatever you want me to do i'm willing to do wherever you want me to go i'm willing to go and i'm no better than others amen and i don't know everything amen if we will just get out of that bubble and come down before god and humble ourselves you know what he will say in verse 16 blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear the one who discerns in the spirit will be able to discern even this message that i'm speaking amen many people listen to a sermon listen to a message listen to the word of god read the word of god in the flesh and they will get nothing out of it but if you discern in the spirit and you know what the holy spirit is saying to us then you will be able to receive it the ones for i tell you was you know uh, verse number 17 for i truly tell you many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it the ones who have received receive more ones who do not accept even what is given is taken away verse 15 they have shut their eyes and hardly heed their hearts are hardened but if you would open your heart you will be healed you will be made whole your life will be made whole you will move into well being your times your your times are in the hands of god and you will experience what god is doing in this season for your life would you open your heart they would experience the power and the work of god but they missed the working of god in their lives we are blessed because we have discerned the times if you're discerning the times if you're submitted to god completely if you got out of every kind of religious pride if you got out of every kind of you know a uh, falsehood if you got out of every kind of you know mentality which says i know better than others you know i'm i'm you know more knowledgeable than others others don't know anything if you get out of your spirit of criticism if you're willing to submit to spiritual authority if you're willing to submit to learning of scriptures if you're willing to humble yourself and join with the community of god's people and pray and willing to learn god's word if you're willing to submit to the authority of scriptures if you're willing to submit to spiritual authority of those who are teaching god's word and willing to receive it wholeheartedly then your eyes will be opened then you will be blessed hallelujah but if you're saying i don't need all of this i know better i know more they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're speaking but if we say that if that's the mentality in our hearts if that's what goes on in our minds if that's what stops us from seeking the lord if that's what stops us from experiencing god in reality and if you're just looking for something dramatic and if we think that out of all of this without any of these things i can personally straight away you know connect with god and i can get some miraculous things happening sorry that's what these men were trying and it didn't work but he says blessed are those who've discerned the times that's what jesus is essentially saying here in verse 16 blessed are your eyes because they see your ears because they hear because you opened your heart and the disciples have opened their heart and they don't understand the parables and they're asking jesus why are you speaking in parables and he says blessed you are blessed than all of these people and he breaks down those parables and continues to reveal more of it to them in the private conversations with them and he explains the parables he explains the parable of the weeds he not only just tells the parable he also goes on to explain hallelujah the one who has will be given even more amen 
the one who does not have the one who is unwilling to have whatever he has also will be taken away we are blessed because we have discerned the times we believe we saw we heard and much more has been given to us if you are open to the word of god if you are open to the teaching of god's word if you are open to receive everything that god is speaking to you if you are not challenging god's word if you are not challenging the words of the prophets if you are not challenging you know god's instructions and teachings to you if you are not challenging everything but humble yourself and submit and say lord whatever you want to speak speak to me if you would get away from this religious pride if you would get away from everything that hinders the attitude that says i know better i know everything if you get away from all of that and humble yourself and willing be willing to receive and if your heart is like good soil then there will be much fruit that god can bring forth out of that good soil hallelujah ask god this morning lord let my li- my life my heart be like cultivated fertile soil ready to receive absorb the seed of the word of god amen would you put your heart a hand on your heart and say lord let my heart be like cultivated good soil let my heart be like cultivated good soil that will be ready to receive the word of god hallelujah ready to receive the seed of god's word and let it bring forth 30 60 and 100 fold hallelujah let it bring forth the 30 60 and 100 fold fruit in our lives hallelujah amen hallelujah god is hearing your prayer your sincere prayer and he will do the same if your heart is like good soil then there will be much fruit that god will bring forth through your life if you're obedient submitting and genuinely thirsty for god then god will give you more they will just testing jesus not sincere to follow him and some continue to live so but if we will be willing to change this morning if you're willing to humble ourselves and willingly sincerely you know receive god's word and everything that god has in store and have no biased mind and have no spirit of opposition you know opposing god's word and opposing the authority of god's word if you're willing to let go of everything we will certainly be blessed hallelujah you are blessed brother sister you're discerning the times you will be able to discern the times you will be able to discern and see what others don't see you will be able to hear what others don't hear hallelujah you will be able to know what others don't know you will be able to walk in ways where others have never trod Amen. Hallelujah. It's going to be a wonderful life. Discern the times. Just the change of calendar will not change the times. Let me repeat that change of calendar will not change the times, but you discerning the times and submitting to God will change your time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at Simon the sorcerer. You know what he did? He believed first. he humbled himself we believe he was a sorcerer he gave up his sorcery in the acts chapter 8 and verse 17 to 23 we read and peter and john had come from the church at jerusalem because there was a mighty move of the holy spirit and many people were getting saved in the city of samaria and philip had been there and evangelizing and sharing the gospel and many people were accepting jesus and now peter and john have been sent from the church in jerusalem and they're coming to samaria and when they came and saw that the people who had come come to christ had received jesus and have been baptized in the name of jesus but they have not yet received the holy spirit it's very clear it says they have not yet received the holy spirit and peter and john verse 17 of acts 8 placed their hands on them and they received the holy spirit When Simon saw the spirit was given to them by the laying on of the hands of the apostles he offered them money 
maybe he was an Indian who settled in Samaria. Was 19 and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Verse 22, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Verse 23, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. On one side, full of bitterness and captive to sin, but then excited about spiritual gifts. You see that? Excited about spiritual gifts. He also wants to be like the apostles. Go around, lay hands on people and they will receive the Holy Spirit. Well, because what he used to do, he wants to do just that in a different way. He used to do that in the kingdom of darkness. Now he wants to do that in the kingdom of the light. Right? He used to do some dramatic, magical stuff and the whole city was standing in awe of him. He just wanted to do the same. Oh, he was surprised. Wow. The same thing, kind of thing that I used to do there, I can do now and all people that gave him a lot of glory. People held him in high regard. He thought that that would help him, but he was full of bitterness and captive to sin and excited about spiritual gifts and praying for it so that he can do the same like the apostles. He just wanted that image, he wanted that glory like he had in the past. He had thrown away sorcery, but the desire to be big and have self-glory and to have that image and continue to awe people, that continued to be there. Sometimes we can be even desiring for spiritual things for the wrong reasons, with the wrong motives. There can be a fleshly motive for a spiritual thing. Why are you praying what you are praying for? There was a person we used to know, you know, they were very ambitious that somehow their son must settle in America. And so we led them in a time of prayer of repentance and these are people who knew Christ. And we led them in a long time of prayer of repentance and everything and they prayed and everybody, the whole family took turns and prayed and repented and everything. But finally after everything, the lady said, finally... Ultimately, but somehow my son must be in America. He's not supposed to be here at all. Complete surrender and prayer, everything was over. But then, no, 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 he's not supposed to be here. No, this India is very less. He's supposed to be in that promised land. Land flowing with milk and honey. She was not willing to give up. And somehow, even before he came, they tried to retain him there in America. Somehow closed the door of the visa office and kept it tight so that they will not send him back to America, India. They kept the door tight by pumping in a lot of prayers here. You know, you've seen that old kerosene lamps? Those lamps, you know, Petromax. You pump, it'll burn bright. Like that, they were pumping prayer. Go to this prophet, go to that prophetess. Get everybody to prophesy, pump, pump, so that somehow the door will keep shut, so that the Indian embassy door will not open. But long before that happened, I said, it's better for him to come here. 
and it so happened the door opened as i said some of you may not want to pray with me <laughs> after this and the door opened and finally he landed up in india oh what a defeat it was why because her brother's children are settled in america and so if her son comes to india it is such a defeat what will the brother's family think and so somehow they were trying to hold that indian embassy door without opening it but it opened but it opened and closed now the american embassy door is not opening and so now they're pumping even more pumpis naru nothing is happening it will not happen unless they surrender to the will of god amen you see sometimes we can be doing lot of prayer going from prophet to prophet prophetess to prophetess and asking everybody to pray for something but everything opposite of that can end up happening but if you surrender to god's will who knows even tomorrow morning you can go amen but because of the lack of surrender in saying whatever it is because they pushing for spiritual things spiritual experiences in the flesh having fleshly motives for the sake of pride for the sake of telling everyone oh my son is in the states oh you know they're in the states oh you know they just for them to have those very lofty conversations and so they want to push them off somehow nothing will work if we try to experience push for spiritual experiences with a fleshly motive with a fleshly motive in god sees the heart man sees the face hallelujah god sees the heart and the simon the sorcerer was wanting the gift of the holy spirit is there anything wrong with it but he was offering money and he wanted that fame and that glory like he once had so that he can have people in awe of him again but now that he came to christ and gave up sorcery all that went away all that glory the way people looked up to him in the city everything went away and so now he thought okay let me get back to it but now there's another way all right let's go for it but look at the other person i would like to contrast with is ruth came with naomi knowing that naomi had nothing to offer all the men in the family had died there was no hope for ruth naomi herself was hopeless in a hopeless condition and she came to you know bethlehem and she said don't call me naomi anymore call me mara naomi means pleasant mara means bitter call me mara and why would ruth want to stick around with naomi what good did she find in naomi there was nothing good about sticking on with naomi for her life but yet she knew the god of naomi hallelujah even though naomi believed in the god of israel and naomi had suffered famine and came to moab for better food and there lost all the men of the family even though all these had happened there was something that ruth saw beyond these circumstances that naomi went through 
she saw the god of israel to be the true living god hallelujah hallelujah even beyond all of these misfortunes even through beyond all of these mishaps she saw something else she had a spiritual eyes opened hallelujah she believed she believed even though the circumstances did not seemingly were conducive for belief hallelujah you look at your circumstance and say it is not conducive for believing in jesus but i want you to know if you're willing to look beyond your circumstance and believe in him he is able to do good in your life hallelujah she started off going you know to the property of boaz and stayed there and gleaned picked up some of the grains that were left behind by the workers who were gathering the grain and then she came to the next point boaz saw her and took pity on her and had compassion on her and gave her some and then mother in law told her to go one night and be there in that you know field and then she went there and she found even more favor in the eyes of boaz and boaz poured out much grain into her you know for her and for her mother in law and she began to receive more and more and then after that boaz said i'm going to redeem i'm the redeemer kinsman redeemer for this family and i'm going to redeem their property and he removed his footwear like the according to the tradition of that a of that day if they're going to redeem they would remove their footwear and he did that and redeemed that property and because of that as a kinsman redeemer now he was more closer than before and he said i'm going to marry you itself hallelujah she found a life partner and then god blessed her with a child who was the grandfather of david and in whose lineage was born jesus himself hallelujah what a glorious transformation even though there was nothing worthy enough to find the faith to in order to believe nothing tangible enough so that we can say oh these are things that have happened these are things god is doing these are things that are there look at the blessing in their life okay let them and so let me believe she found nothing that way but yet believed in the god of naomi and you find she was more blessed and because of her and through her naomi herself was blessed because the women of the land said naomi has had a son it was a grandson hallelujah it's important that we look beyond ourselves look beyond our circumstances look beyond what we want look beyond our fleshly desires and seek after the things of god and then you will see you are discerning the times and you are in the center of the will of god and you are ready for god's visitation and for god's work and for god's act and god's you know deeds in your life you are ready for god to move in your life and for god to take you to the next level of blessing and fruitful life hallelujah amen are we ready for that hallelujah are we ready for that i said are we ready for that for what god has in store amen let's give up everything that we need to give up let's ask the holy spirit to open our eyes of understanding to show us where we are ourselves a hindrance where we ourselves are a hindrance where the thoughts in our minds the attitudes in our minds where the fleshly desires and the motives of the heart where these are hindrances for god to bless us but when you come to that place of blessedness like jesus said to the disciples blessed are you because you hear and because you see you are a blessed person hallelujah things may not have dramatically taken place yet 
but if you're discerning the times if you're seeing what you have to see if you're hearing what you have to hear if you're knowing what you need to know you are a blessed person you're experiencing god's visitation you're experiencing god's time for you you're experiencing that god moment in your life you're experiencing god's opportunities in your life get ready for that an experience in this new year this discerning of these times in your life take away all the hindrances and let's see what god has in store and i believe that god has glorious days in store for everybody i said god has in glorious days in store for every one of your life hallelujah give it all in god's hands get away get out of every fleshly motive amen hallelujah every fleshly desire every religious, religious mask every attitude that says i know better i know everything everything that stops us from submitting to the authority of god's word and to the authority of learning god's word of the teaching of god's word be willing to learn be willing to submit be willing to surrender and see what god would do you are blessed you will be blessed